All right, guys, welcome to Property Profits Podcast. It's Bryce Kaminsky here with the Dave Dubow team. And a lot of people, when they think about real estate, they think I'm going to become financially free by buying some rentals. I'm going to flip some property. What about raw land? Everyone's looking at fields and thinking there's no money there. But I've got Justin on the line, Justin Sleva. And the reality is he's been able to make it happen in a lot of different ways. But right now, it's land. Justin, welcome to the show. Bryce, thanks for having me, man. It's good to see you. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I'm seeing lots and lots of reels. And uh, what's that main guy who's always talking about land? He's got like a German accent. He's like, buy and buy land and flip land. And, <laughs> oh, and that's, I was that's looking at, yeah. The OG Jack Bosch. Yeah. He's a, yeah. He's, a, he's a, it's, it's amazing to me when you look at his story coming over to, to America uh, English being a second language and being be successful in land, it kind of tells you that the dream is there and it's alive and it's been going on for years. So we're not creating anything new. We're just showing you how to do it simple, faster and better. So that's it's been fun to yeah. see that. And and like we were talking offline there, um, whenever I dial in the States, because I like to like do cold calling out because the yeah. lists are everywhere. The only people who ever pick up my phone calls are the people with raw land. I'm like looking it up on maps and I can't even get a picture of it on maps because the car's never even driven down that road. <laughs> it's like a satellite picture and they always pick up and, and no one's picking on that. So how did you get started in real estate? Where's the origin story? Let's talk there and then we'll we'll move it on to like how we're making money out here yeah. today. Awesome, Bryce. Uh, so I originally in 2016, I was working for a railroad. I was a chief operating officer. A really good best friend of mine, my co-host on the podcast, Casual Fridays, REI, We uh, he heard a late night guru. He could buy raw land. So he calls me and he goes, hey, man, I started sending this direct mail. I'm going to back up just a second. We had a, a, a drop shipping Amazon company at that time. He goes, I want to mm -hmm. cash out the the, supply, the inventory and I'm going to move to land. I said, great, we're getting into real estate. He goes, nah, man, I want to do it by myself. I said, okay. He goes, but you can do it too. And we'll we'll just go from there. And I said, okay, cool. So we had sold out our Amazon stock. He started sending out direct mail and he got a bunch of five acre properties for 500 bucks. And he calls me, I'm at work. I remember this to this day. And I said, if you can buy five acres for 500 bucks, I will buy everyone you can get me. And he goes, well, just do it too. So at that point I said, Hey, my wife, let's, she was stay at home mom. I said, let's start this land company. We'll send out some direct mail. This was 2016 ish. We sent out some direct mail. We bought 21 properties with our first campaign. Turn that into 80 pieces. grand. What's that? Uh, people always ask, and, and I'm a marketing guy, how many yeah. pieces though? Like, was, did you send a hundred? Yeah, 2,600 pieces of mail. It bought us 21 properties. Um, okay. We turned nice. that into 80,000 in profit, uh, some being notes, some being actual cash flips. So right off the bat, I was like, oh, wow, this is this is great. But then I had a little I had a little hiccup at work. I got let go. And it wasn't one of those things that you're like, I got called Friday morning at 6 a.m., come to headquarters, and I got a check and no longer had a job. And so from there, I said, how do I turn this into business? Because we've all been in those moments of life where you're like, you could go right or you could go left. And I'm sitting next to my, this is, this is a poor me story, right? I'm sitting next mm -hmm. to my pool and I'm thinking, I don't have a car because I had a company car they gave me. I'm such a loser. I don't have a job. But I was like, man, I've got this little business and I've got a hundred grand in the bank. What if I just put money back for six months and I gave it all I had for six months? Fast forward to 2023, we've done deals in 45 states. We constantly $100,000 months. We've done million dollar profit. Last year, we did 16 plus million in revenue. This year, we're on pace to do about 12, but a higher profit margin. So we've turned this raw land thing into financial freedom. And I didn't have a, just like a, I wasn't in a cubicle. I was a chief operating officer for a railroad. That, I mean, I was a I was an executive. I had made it mm -hmm. in my career, my, my field path. And I was 34. 
And now here we are at 41 and I don't ever have to work for somebody again. Yeah. Well, it, it sounds like there's a lot to unpack there, but <laughs> how many people does it take to do that? That's going to be the question that came to my mind. And probably a lot of people is, yeah, a guy like myself, I'm 39. I could probably start doing some land. I've thought about it, but to get to that volume and to get to that system, mm -hmm. how many people, how many years? Bryce, I, I think that's, I think it's amazing that you've asked that question because my team right now, I have one full-time employee that works for me. Mm -hmm. She's been with me for about a year. I had one for a year before that. Um, everybody I use is subcontractors. So meaning I send out direct mail. So I have a mail house in Florida who sends my mail for me. I pull mm -hmm. data from data tree or a company we help found with priced. Uh, they, we help consult them while they're finding, they're getting founded and getting up and going. So we use these tools around us, put out the mail they call back my one employee. She's my acquisitions manager. She looks at it. She has a checklist that she goes through. She sends it and puts it on my desk. I say, this is what the max I'll pay for it. And she negotiates from there. Then we send it to a realtor in that area. They have or a title company first. They close it, mm -hmm, send it mm -hmm. to a realtor in that area. They have working knowledge. They have, they have lists to sell to. They have their buyers list built. They know the property better than I would ever know. I'm in Texas. They could be in Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas. Yeah. They get pictures, market. They just call me when they get a contract and an offer. Then we go yeah. from there. So we're able to do it very lean. Um, and it's a simple transaction. You've done a hundred plus, uh, you said a hundred plus flips. Yeah. Same, same mindset, but you're not having to go in and fix the fascia, check the windows, yeah, get no. an inspection on shingles. You don't have any of that because I just make sure the person can drive onto the property and then mm -hmm. let them take it from there. Yeah. Cause you're, it's, it literally is selling the dream. Like you could put whatever you want on there or do nothing. Now you mentioned something interesting before, um, when we were we were talking before the call, something about cleaning up the property. Yeah. Tell, tell, tell about that value add because I think a lot of people, um, you know, very similar to like flipping is you can buy a flip house, clear it out, mm -hmm. and relist it. Just that little bit of like maintenance and polish can really it get some more lift there. So tell maybe tell people a little bit about that. Yeah, Bryce. And I think that's the easiest thing for most people to relate to when they've come from flipping houses is when I say, hey, we're going to do some improvement to the property. Now, for the first five years, we did not do this. We we hmm. just flipped it as it set. Occasionally, we would put a driveway in, but that, that was very rare. So what I did is I, I bought a tractor because of Texas and taxes for United States. We have section 179. I needed a tax write-off. We'd made enough money. And so I was going to buy a tractor and I was going to play with the tractor on the weekends. And then I had a guy goes, Hey, I was going to rent it too. But I was like, he said, Hey, don't rent it. Just let me run it. And I said, okay, how far are you willing to drive? He goes 200 miles from my house. So I said, okay, great. I put a pin at his house, put a 200 mile radius around it. And then I sent, I send the, all my marketing in that 200 mile radius. So he goes out to it. So he spends about eight hours on a piece of property. He makes sure you can drive two cars onto the property, cleans out a camp spot, He'll put a little of rocks in a circle for a campfire and a picnic table. And you mentioned, you said it perfectly, selling the dream. Husband mm -hmm. and wife and the realtor pull up in their car. They get out. They turn off their cars. It's quiet. They hear the trees. They can walk around. Their wife is not getting hit by just random branches. Yeah, husband or, sits or down or at the, the picnic grass, table. Yeah. yeah. Their husband sits down at the picnic table, leans on it, says, babe, isn't this beautiful? And she goes, you know, this is really nice. We could put the camper there or the cabin there. The trailer, and roll it, it up, a 23-footer, 28-footer. Exactly. And so now she has already saw the dream with him. So we have made husband and wife communicate on this thing that's going to take them to the Monday morning at the water cooler. And he goes, man, I was out at the property this weekend. My wife is so nice out there. 
It's so great. I'm going to build my retirement home out there. And all we did was spend a day with our brush hog and our, our, our forestry mulcher cleaning up the underbrush to where they can walk and enjoy the property. Yeah. It's almost like, um, you know, when my, when my mentor taught me about flipping, he said, you're selling an emotion when you sell a flip. And when I, when I heard you tell the story, I was like, that's an emotional sale. They roll up with the realtor, two cars. Yeah. You're thinking there's going to be their realtor's car. There's going to be the other one and enough of a moment that they, that they sell themselves and they say, yeah, we'll, we'll take it. Right. Yeah. So have you thought about expanding that beyond your 200 mile radius or is that just a, like a little pet project that you have going on in, in, in no, so. So when we get pictures back when we're in other areas, I will I will look at the property. And if I can't get the two cars on it, it's not cleaned up, I'll hire somebody locally. But we really focused on that because it was reducing our days on market. So as you understand on flips, anytime mm-hmm. you can increase the velocity of your capital, it's a better return for you down in the long run. So what we saw, it was reducing our days on market by about 35 days. Uh, so we were going from an average of about 60 money into money out was right around 105. Now we saw that drop down because we added this one little thing and the good thing is it, it's helping a retired police officer who was battling cancer. So he he's driving the tractor. He's His wife reaches out and says, hey, I I think he beat cancer because you're letting him drive the tractor and he has purpose now. Yeah, and as men, we, we want purpose. And so why I focus that for my business, I still do that other places, but I was able to try it in a test market with somebody that was still trying to go through. So even if it wasn't the the landscaping professional, because we've done other projects where we have a landscaping professional come in and they clear a hundred feet back from the road. So it looks like a park and it mm-hmm. didn't cost us, but 3,500 bucks. Now, if I told you on a house prop on one of your house flips, if you could got it completely make ready for less than two grand, you would tell me I was crazy because cleanup, just cleaning one out is going to cost you that. Plus doing maybe the mulch, the, the garden, make ready, the yard work, it's going to cost you that same amount, but you have to worry about the inspection. What's going to come back on the inspection that you're going to have to repair with this. I don't have to because the land is the land and that's the joy of it. No tenants. Yeah. No tenants, no toilets, no structures probably. And so um, I think the big thing is that when people think about land they're it's not sexy, right? It's It's not, not, there's no HGTV or, you know, renovation show on like flip this land. It's not, there's that show is would not, would not air, but people are making serious money and, America has, you know, the United States has a lot of land, sitting land and generational, like we were talking about, uh, generational land that is easily acquired because it isn't something they're emotionally attached to. So now that your business is going, it's been going for for a while now, where do you see, where do you see this going? Are you going to keep doing this? Are you going to expand this? Are you going to double down your marketing, increase your team? Like what's your plan going forward with this, with this project? Yeah, Bryce, it's a great question. And I think the best way to answer that is you always look for the issues you have at hand as a, as an entrepreneur and how can I fix those? You know, with, they say the the riches are in the niches, but it's also in solving the problems. So for Mm -hmm. us at first it was in 2017, we ran into capital issues. How do I get private money? Well, if I'm having problems doing it and I can do these deals, how do I get more money? And so I ended up using the direct mail strategy, buying an apartment complex and flipping it and took that money and started investing as JV to new investors in land space. And we started that in 2018. We were the first company that would do it based on the deal. And that was called Plum Investment Group. It's still around, but we would, new investors, we would 50% of the profits for them, but we put up all the risk with the money. They just found it. 
and they would get 50% of the profits as well. It's done extremely well. From there, we kind of moved into some forced appreciation plays where we're buying bigger ranches and we're cutting them up into, so we say buy by the uh, buy by the ranch and sell by the pasture. So mm-hmm. we take the cross fencing and cut it down into a little bit smaller ranches. We've done extremely well with that when we team it up with leverage. Uh, from there, we said, okay, let's start focusing more on mortgages because right now our owner finance mortgages are competing with banks at the at 10%, oh, yeah. which sounds crazy, but we're getting 10 to 12%. We can guarantee them financing with 20% down and run it 15 to 20 years. So you ask what kind of where we're going is, I see that lo- that runway. It allows us to have cash flow in our business because businesses need to have cash flow coming in, mm-hmm. stay profitable. So I can I can the dips in the business. Whether I didn't flip you know twenty properties this month, I flipped two. I still have that constant cash flow, so I know how to plan. For us, we think that there is more mom and pop accredited investors out there that want to get into land. They just don't know it, and we've been yeah. doing it so long. I've gotten really good at what we do. We started our fund this year, and that has taken off with our first two offerings, uh, where we have a note fund where we're buying those first lien positions on mortgages for raw land. We're into it at 50, 60 cents loan to value, and we're getting them at a 20% yield, and we're giving 11% pref rate on those. And then we have offerings where we're doing forced appreciation. We buy grandma's old 40 acre. We cut it up into 10 acre tracks. Then we put it on the market to sell. We force the appreciation by 100%. And then we offer owner financing to it too, where we can get a little bit more and have a, a back end kick on it. So those are the type of deals we're looking at now. So as you say, we're going forward. How do I get cheaper, faster capital as a business owner? But how do I impact more people to bring them into this this space? Even if they don't want to go out and send mail to buy land, they can mm-hmm. still participate in this alternate asset class. Yeah, because there's there's in, in every investment, there's people who are passive and they want to be passive. Yep. They don't want to... Um, take those phone calls, the maybe the irate phone calls, the stop sending me this damn letter. Yep. Um, but the, then there's people like us who are like, we, I'm not going to stop sending you that letter <laughs> until <laughs> uh, until you until or maybe I will. I'll put you on the list of not interested for now, uh-huh. and I'm going to keep uh, keep pursuing because there's always another another uh, piece of land or. You know the financial position of the estate has changed, and now there's uh, motivation where there wasn't before, or something like that. So there's always land, and and like I was saying, there's tons of land out there. Um, that's something that you guys focus on helping people understand, right? Yeah, that's that's one of our big things. We have Casual Fridays REI. It's a podcast. We're 455 episodes in. It's me and a partner that we originally had the Amazon business together. It's kind of full circle. We did land separate. And then we came together on this podcast um, and we've done live events with it. We've sold out the last five years of live events. Um, it's been it's been great for us because we've gotten to get involved in other deals. And so as you build a business as an investor, you look at your funnel. And so if my funnel is just me sending mail, if mail doesn't hit, what else is going to drive me a deal? So am I looking on market, which we know how to make money on on market deals? Am I looking at JVing a deal, somebody else finding it from their mail? Do I have the tool they need, money or knowledge? Can I provide those? And then our direct marketing. So it allows us to keep our business. And it starts by getting your message out there, being on podcasts like this and being mm-hmm. on your own as well. So uh, the the main question, a lot of the people who who listen to, to our podcast here, it's really centered around funding and capital and things like that. Um, without a structure, is someone who's starting into doing land uh, going to have a challenges financing that taking it to the bank you know how do you how do you advise people who are just thinking you know I want to get into this land thing 
Um, I've never purchased land like that before. So the, okay. it's, it, you're, you're, you're speaking to the crowd right now. Tell me how it is. <laughs> so there's a couple different ways. When we talk about barrier to entry, um, we talk about, remember I said $500 for five acres. So mm-hmm. that's something you could come up with. If I, if I had yeah. to bet, you probably had 500 bucks laying around. Yeah. Um, but then you move into some of these properties we buy that's from grandma or grandpa's estate that the kids don't want it. You're offering them 15, 20 grand. That's not a lot of money, but it is more than a majority of people have in savings. So right. you have things with like JVing or going to a local bank that has maybe the state name in mm-hmm. the title and saying, hey, I'd like to buy this property. Now, the good thing is if you don't have the experience and you use like a JV partner like me, I'm looking at the deal. And if I'm putting up all the money, you better believe we're going to make money on the deal because uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to lose money. Um, yeah. But, you know, when we get into the bigger ranches, it it gets a little bit dicier. So like we bought one um, here last year, beginning of, uh, beginning of last year, it was $3.4 million. We had to come up with 15% down, but we negotiated annualized payments. So we had to come up with a 15%, 15% down. We raised that money with equity partners. We put that money into their bank as an operating an operating account. And then with the annualized payments, we went to town. We got the subdivide done. We got the utilities in, went to marketing, trying to get it sold. We sold out in four months and paid the bank back and all our equity partners. And we had 198% cash on cash return. Now, wow. the bank took a chance on us with that, but they saw how we managed our business. Now they'll give me as much as they can with their with their restrictions. I think it's $9 mm-hmm. million is what they tapped me out at. So since then, since that one deal, I've processed about 16 million in loans with just that one bank. And they allow me to use the entire state versus just their lending area now. Yeah, so it's, so it it's takes some fair. time, but you, you work up to it or you bring yeah, in a so partner the, that has that experience. Yeah. I guess the, uh, the advice then that I took away from that is like, doesn't take that much money. You can get started for under 20 grand if you're if you're out there looking at it but yeah the end game is like multifamily you're gonna have to raise um money and you're gonna have to manage property like it, the, the game never changes yeah Either it's a small rental on a corner street or a huge ranch subdivision you're gonna have to raise money you're gonna have to be responsible you're gonna have to manage the thing to profit and if you do that the bank will probably say, let's do it again, right? Yep, they will. What we have found though, you can, you can since the price, the barrier entry being so low, you can do stuff like a personal line of credit with with a bank. Like I've used yep. Amex and I've got a $75,000 line of credit with them. That could cover three deals and it's at like 9% interest. So you can tap things like that to get capital really cheap uh, and have it multiple times. You could use it in and out. Um, you said something earlier though. You said, I'm prop streaming these people answer the phone. What if when they answered the phone, you asked one question? And that one question was, well, how much do you want for it? And they said, well, I'll take five grand or I don't know. Say, okay, well, give me some time to look it up. You can find land comps just as easy as you find house comps. Mm-hmm. Just look mm-hmm. where the area it is, how much it's worth. And now you know if you're going to make a, a margin on that or not. And you yeah. know, for me, we did a podcast a, a while back. The guy's name is Kyle Stanley. He's on Airbnb. He had a deal and had a lot with it. He didn't know what to do with it. We showed him how to quick claim deed it on his podcast. He had no idea what he could he could actually do it. So they quick claim deeded it to him. And he ended up making 10 grand in about an hour after he let go of us because he went and did it and it worked. Mm-hmm. And he called us back. He's like, dude, I made 10 grand because of that little trick he showed me. And so yeah. land doesn't have, like you said, the emotion, but it doesn't have the structural attachments and all the liens and things that could have come up over the year because typically it's owned free and clear, especially generational land. Yeah. So if people want to, you know, connect with you guys or get onto that podcast, is there a website or a, a, a landing page that they can jump on or where do you want people to find you? 
I think the easiest way to get a hold of me is through casualfridaysrei.com. Again, that's casualfridaysrei.com. Our social medias are casualfridaysrei. Um, check us out there. Like I said, there's a lot of content. Our podcasts are much like yours. They're about 15 minutes long, so it's designed for your drive to work. It's not designed to keep you on there for eight hours talking about the same thing. We make them yeah. quick. We make them fun. Um, and it's it's a little bit information, but a lot more of us just talking about our journey along the way. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, uh, your car drive is only 15 minutes, depending on the <laughs> interstate you're on. Yeah. So yeah, I really appreciate the time, uh, Justin, and um, it was great. I think people should really uh, take a look at land. I mean, if, for your business, I hope they oh, don't I, take a look at land, but I, I think there's huge opportunities and it's maybe not super flashy, but there's people making significant money, flipping land, buying land, subdivisions. It's just not maybe as glamorous as, you know, the TV shows about flipping property. So I really appreciate your time. I am going to go and check out your podcast. And I suggest that everyone also does really appreciate the time, Justin. And thanks for being on the podcast. Yes, sir. Thanks, Bryce.